you're listening to Whiting Words Podcast. I'm your host, leader, and center, Deb. In each episode, my members and I will discuss and debate a K-music-related topic. Ichima, we're not your biases, personal hype women. Anato set, let's get it. Welcome back to Whiting Words and Popular K-pop Opinions. It's the second to last episode of season one, y'all. <laughs> we did it. I'm so excited. We're going to be squeezing in a lot today. We're talking toxic fans, Japan and China giving Korea a run for their money when it comes to multicultural idols, and Wano's comeback. Did I mention we have guests? We have guests. I'll let them introduce themselves. My name is Amari. Uh, my co-host name is Aaron. And we've been podcasting since January this year. Um, at 106 in Seoul, a Black K-pop podcast, um, and my my um, Twitter handle is at a h o m a r i underscore 106 um, a n d s e o u l on Instagram and Twitter. I am Morgan Hayes from K-Pop Critical. Uh, my co-host is Katrina Katukouris. I guess since 2019, like summer 2019, um, it was sort of like a pick up and go. Like we both like K-Pop and we both studied like, you know, critical studies and media. Uh, so like that's just what we kind of fell into. Um, but you can find us at uh, K-Pop underscore critical underscore on Twitter and Instagram. My name is Ash. Um, I host Not Your Average Nozens. The, uh, my co-podcasters are Jimin, Nat, and Jay, and we've been around since 2014. And you can find us at NYA in Nozens on Twitter, and you can also find us at Not Your Average Nozens on Instagram and Facebook. Hey everyone, I'm Ashley, better known as Multifaceted ACG, and I host an album a day, which is taking you through the 30-year history of modern Korean pop music, literally group by group, artist by artist. Uh, the podcast is just coming up on its year date, and we are available on all streaming platforms, and you can find us uh, on anchor.fm slash a three day you can also find episode information by looking on twitter for hashtag a three day okay getting started with the first topic so i want to talk about fan wars and toxicity in the k-pop fandom with you guys because i know i follow all of you on different social platforms <laughs> and sometimes i be seeing people throw shade on twitter especially and i always be like "Ooh, what's the tea like what's happening now are the girlies being messy again like what is happening so <laughs> i just want to have like it can be as broad as you want it to be or you can be as specific as why you tweeted something in particular um and talk about what's up with the k-pop fandom not all of it but a good chunk of it being so toxic especially on twitter um, well i know this very well because i used to have a stan account and it got suspended <laughs> on private um <laughs> How? Yes. Um, I may have said um, 
I may have said something that may have angered <laughs> a few people. Um, I said, I think I was talking about um, the Monster X situation. And I was like, um, it was it was the way that um, the the fandom was going about the situation. And I was like, yeah, like, I understand, like, everyone's hurting right now and such. Like, I'm a fan also. But um, the things that we want are not going to happen. Like, we just need to accept that, like, this is not going to happen. And I know in K-pop fandom, that's usually not, you know, something people want to hear. So I guess I can understand why uh, my followers, you know got their like little crew and like you know got me suspended on private uh and i actually would like to thank y'all because you know if i didn't get suspended on private i wouldn't have a podcast blessing so, in disguise thank you great <laughs> yes well we recently got reported um i don't run our social media and nat does um i wish i was as good at it as she is but she's kind of she's in quarantine right now so her whole mentality is kind of skewed because she (laughs) she's dealing with the quarantine and everything and working from home and so she said you know I'm just at the point where I don't care what I say um and she recently wrote something where she said it was something with the Kong Daniel fans and she was like um oh that's (laughs) um yeah, she's like, oh, well, that's I why Jihil that. is from Twice is too good for Kong Daniel or something like that. And she, the fans, <laughs> got up and she like baited them. Like she went back and forth and she was like, oh, she's like, I was a little bored that day. But I noticed on oh. our email account that Twitter was like, oh, well, someone reported you, but we decided that, you know, you didn't violate any, you know, terms of services. So we just, you know, let it go. And I was just like, you really got people in their feelings. That wow. Day. <laughs> mm. Like, for real? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> and it's so crazy because that's like, like, I mean, was it a lie? Like, that's like what's so crazy. I'm just saying. Also, yeah, no, Twitter is a really, I mean, like, I literally was just raised on Tumblr. And so interacting with Twitter, like, in the past two years has been like the most I've interacted with it since it existed. So like, it's been really interesting. And like, I just seeing like something that really gets me about Stan Twitter is just the like general age demographic of people who feel the most need to be super active and report tweets and et cetera, et cetera. Very young kids, Ugh. like really young. And I feel, I feel like I sound like an old head when I like talk about this, but I'm really just like, it's kind of astonishing. I'm like the way that the collective activism comes out through K-pop and not through um, other things is really interesting. To witness but there are some older True. people though right because i know there's a subset of like older people yeah. that are in the k-pop and i know that they aren't exactly they don't have their heads screwed mm-hmm. on right exactly it- <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh, oh. <laughs> 
There are some problematic, yeah, there's some problematic fans that are 30 and over. I'm kind of like the, the well, not anymore. After I left America for two years, my whole 15 seconds of fame done fizzled out. Mm-hmm. But for a moment in time, I was one mm-hmm. of the people who was heavily associated with the K-pop and 30 fandom. And yes, there are some who are extremely mm-hmm. questionable. But my whole mindset about everything concerning Stan fans, because Stan is not, Stan's not a new term. It's not, it came from the Eminem song. It's about mm-hmm. someone who's obsessive to to no exactly. regard for anything else or anyone else. The reason that it seems so invasive on Twitter is because that's where it's promoted. That's where it's talked about. This existed on Tumblr. This exists on uh, K-pop Amino, on Facebook yeah. groups and everything of the sort. It's just the, mm. the trending heavily is associated with Twitter. Whereas, oh, the comment section is associated with youtube youtube comments is just a tweet with more uh characters that's all it is so i find it very interesting because the people who are involved in it we have to live in such a p pg pg-13 society on a global scale because people are so much more aware and so much more sensitive to things that as soon as you say one thing that sounds remotely like a critique everybody jumps into whatever feelings and personal experiences they had well i was bullied so this must look like bullying so let me go ahead and jump in and defend it because bullying Mm -hmm. it's like baby i was talking about his shoes (laughs) not looking right (laughs) not him as a person so I tr- I don't really have a lot of interactions where it happens and I'm publicly known for trying to get them like I'm looking for someone to test me but I've had a pretty solid reputation of of approaching everything with a very logical stance that I don't get half the heat that I see other people get. Mm. Okay. I do have one question. Um, Morgan, I think you mentioned this. You said it was like crowd activism, but wouldn't it be more accurate to say just misleaded herd mentality? Yeah, no, that definitely that is that is something that we it makes so much more sense to say. And I think it's like that is like maybe more so the perception that should be led with it. But like what's interesting is that I find that like a lot of people, you know, like the stand accounts that are very much like, I stand this one group, I will tweet every, I will retweet every single piece of news about them, whether it's like actually something that is like a record or like it just is a huge number. Like that, there's something that happens mm-hmm. that I see that like doesn't necessarily par- parallel this energy, but I feel like from the stand accounts, like perceptive perception they're kind of like they feel like they are doing something that is like maybe a greater good which is why it's tacked on activism which it mm. obviously is not it's really oh. yeah that that whole thing is like really intense to deal with i feel like a lot of people that engage in this type of harassment think they're doing something on the behalf of their idols but it's like their idols are fine like maybe they do see some comments but like they're fine you don't need to jump if anything their labels are jumping on like people slandering them and making malicious comments against them so like Mm -hmm. you just harassing somebody (laughs) for maybe sometimes it's called for Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's maybe just a hot take like that really it's valid and people would just be like they be mad for no reason it's like yo their labels are out here doing their thing like you're not being paid to do this so 
recently on um Twitter on the 106 and Soul account, um, I had said maybe a week or two back, I was talking about the whole TXT dorm situation. Mm-hmm. And um out of nowhere, someone someone tweets me uh apologize and like resend your like um txt tweet and i was like how <laughs> you used to remember about a tweet i forgot about two weeks ago <laughs> like you're gonna dox me over a a tweet about no, their living arrangements that should be better <laughs> i'm confused yeah. oh my god what Literally, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to edit the tweet. Like, that apologizes for the tweet. <laughs> literally, oh what? Yo, this yeah, is literally. You're like, I'm your cat. I'm your dog. I'm so sorry that I sent just out a cat this and tweet dog about PSG meeting uh, right. better living arrangements. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Yo, that kind of happened to us too on Whiting uh, Pod's um, Instagram. I posted oh, a video that was shortly deleted by Genu, I think his name is, from Winner. <laughs> and he was wearing this hat, this messy hat that had like dreads coming on, like down, only in the front. And he was like doing some caricature that was apparently uh, like maybe a character uh, from somebody else like somebody else does this chick and he was just mimicking it but i like wrote something about it in instagram and just like post and did think about it after that and then some winner stand like dm me it's still in my request because i did not accept that and he dm me like hey um sorry but can you delete that post it's kind of not a problem in the fandom and i just i literally like previewed it and i was just like okay next he looks at winner albums on my bed <laughs> <laughs> a whole fandom and your one message is causing problems a whole international right. conglomerate of people clapping our hands and halfway singing in Korean and you worried about yeah. my one message that's I thought it was the inner it's, circle. Ain't it don't right. you know you got that much power? Isn't it so? Yeah, that's the name of their fandom. I'm not talking about their <laughs> fandom specifically, though. I'm just saying the fact that we get these kind of messages from people or these sideways, I'm not going to directly tweet you sub messages and whatnot. And it's like, <laughs> man, the power that I have where me making one comment wrecks your whole day up. I love it. <laughs> and the crazy yeah. thing is that they think that they're helping on behalf of their their you know idol or whatever but really i feel like in a lot of situations it hurts especially for the ones that are so thirsty for western validation and they feel like you know we have to cleanse the internet of anything negative so that you know our the idols can you know make it this far on the itunes chart or whatever and but then the fans are the ones to get the negative reputation and hurt their idols in a sense 100 percent I definitely agree with that. Okay. Um, so next topic, this is definitely probably a hot take. Um, but I am getting the feeling, maybe I'm wrong, feel free to correct me, that Japan and maybe China can get a little shout out, um, does multicultural idols better than Korea? 
I'm saying this here, let me present a few examples. And I'm sure you guys have more examples or know more about the people I'm about to mention. Look, so there's this Chinese African idol that recently like kind of blew up in the black K-pop fandom. I don't know if her name is Fifi or Feifei, but she's Chinese and Congolese, I believe. And she's on this like idol reality show or whatever, which is... Something I've definitely not seen in China before because she's very clearly black, but you can tell she's black and Chinese. And then in Japan, I'll give two examples. First, there's Banana Lemon. Um, I don't know if they're that popular, but they have it's a four girl group and there is one girl that's half black, half Japanese. And then again from Japan. There is, I don't know too much about Crystal K, but I know that Crystal K is a definitely famous half black, half Japanese person. So what do you guys think about my statement? Do you agree, disagree? Do you have any other anecdotes? You know, I literally just like the second upon hearing that question, I was like, oh yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think that like the way that at least I can, I guess I'll speak on Japan just because I'm, you know, like. Feifei really just just popped up <laughs> and I'm like oh shit uh she could be sleeping on stage and I will stand like, <laughs> you know that that she will be dealt with but like with Japan I've seen so many groups of just like different like I mean like just different mixed people in like these groups um and like like specifically like dark people like there are people in like I'm trying to think of this one boy group that's like there are a whole bunch of them and Excel tribe. Uh, like yeah I think I think something like that I, I I don't remember off the top of my head but there were some black boys in there and I was like huh interesting the way that they're just taking up space and it's not really like a heavy spectacle beyond what a regular boy group or you know even with the girl groups like what those would be in fact there's i think banana lemon there are like several instances within their lyrics of like them bringing up the fact that they are mixed and like how that is like a huge part of like the music that they make um you know as genuine as that may be or may not be um but like that yeah it's talked about at least so i'm kind of like waiting for korea to like you know catch up but like yeah i don't think korea will catch up like if anything i think in korea for like k-pop we've seen chinese members we've seen like members from like japan and thailand but i think we'll start to see um maybe more white people in k-pop groups uh i don't know how successful that would be but um i i see it moving maybe there in like maybe a few years it's happened before but yeah yeah the whole instance with rania and the black girl that was in their group and then from what i understand i think she did an interview where she implied that her experience wasn't that positive um as far as how she was treated I have a, a bit of a different outlook on it based from living there. Um, we're we're prevalent around the entire country, those of us of color, and you know they're visible on TV. They're visible, uh, audibly visible, if you will, on radio and whatnot. I think because the goal of idol music is to perpetuate 
the ideal Korean man, Korean woman. We won't see it in the idol scene, but on the indie scene, there's there's countless people who don't look the the way that it needs to be or the way that we've seen it marketed to us as such. I definitely agree that Japan and China are strides ahead of us, but because we're not as frequent consumers of that, I'm I'm inclined to believe the majority of us dabble in anime, mm-hmm. but not necessarily all of the music scene of Japan because Japan mm-hmm. doesn't distribute mm-hmm. like Korea does. You gotta really find somewhere to find this stuff and hope it doesn't cook. You know, you know, hope that you don't have. Oh, I got yeah, Japanese I have, iTunes. I have songs on my Korean phone from Spotify because Spotify is not in Korea, but I can't listen to them on my desktop here in America. I can only listen to my Japanese artist on my phone because it's still associated with Korea. They don't give it up at all and you have to dig for it on YouTube and hope that it's not blocked in your country or in your viewing area. So I, I do agree with y'all completely that they are doing more than what we're seeing in Korea but after living mm-hmm. over there and seeing how prevalent we are on TV and we're not uh, we're not caricaturized we're looking at how the African Im- immigrants or the African American immigrants or Black European immigrants or Canadian uh, Black immigrants or whatnot who are over there are utilized on on TV and other means of entertainment and in modeling marketing. When I went there in 2016, there was only one Black person on the advertisement. And when I came back a year later and stayed, we were in a lot of things. So it's a different way they want to show our existence, but not necessarily visibly in the music, but they surely want to emulate our sound. Right. And it's interesting because emulating the sound really comes through when you see like, you know, like the few couple like black Korean artists pop up and like the way that they operate in the music industry and how they, you know, have this particular uh, I don't know, feel and look and like the way that they're revered is usually, you know, related to rapping. I mean, like, I think specifically Yoon Min Rae, like I think of her heavily. Um, there's also, I, yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting. Like it is a very sort of like calculated, like, all right, you can take up this space. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely agree. I guess when I thought of this, I was, I did, I do remember Alex from Rhina, that how she is, I think that's how you say the name of the group, um, there for a hot sec, but kind of what, how you guys brought up, like she didn't necessarily have the best experience. And like you guys also said, she was the rapper of the group, so she could only exist in that group to help with that part of the songs. But then after that, if you have watched any more interviews or just seen like live stages, you see she pops in at her part and then she's right out. Like, so mm-hmm. the group practices the mm-hmm. whole choreography. She only is there to do her little thing, do her rap. And then she's not even part of the routine after that, which is weird to me. Like, I just, I don't know. I just feel like in this instance, Korea could do a lot better. But all of you have pretty much said everything that I could say is like, will they though? Like, mm, mm." Mm -hmm. (laughs) so... Um, no, you guys all brought points mm-hmm. that I definitely think are very valid. And, um, 
yeah, I don't know if we're going to see a Black Idol anytime soon, but... I mean... Kai exists. Like, he's right there. <laughs> <Get it tonight>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bro, I got tears. <laughs> I'm done. But <laughs> oh god. Oh, on that note. <laughs> um the next and final topic I wanted to touch on was Wano's comeback. What are your thoughts on the whole situation? Drop them picks. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally just like, listen, if I was fired for every blunt that I was seen on camera with, oh my God, would I have a job? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, who, like let's, let's step it up. Let's step it up. What the fuck is up? Weed just grows in Korea. I'm sick of this. I can't. This. Like, I, you know, good for Wanho. I'm so happy that he's back. I'm happy that his contract was never terminated with Starship. It was just in limbo. Um, but it's also just sort of like, wow, all of this, all of this, and we end up here. We end up with him having to redebut. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ooh, <yeah>. what? <laughs> oh, it's just so, it's like, it's mind blowing, really. I mean, like, I, this is like the best case scenario, really. I just know those photo books are going to be like half naked, and I just can't <laughs> wait. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the sound's going to be? Like, what is it going to sound like? <laughs> oh. The girls are like, uh, no, nah, I haven't even thought about that. No, I didn't have anything appropriate to say, so I couldn't interject at all. Share. My brain is not where it needs to be. Share this album. is a safe space. <laughs> Share album. I'm dead. Let me not. Let me not. Let me, let me keep it cute. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing about it, though, like, this is not the first time that somebody has been, like, you know, through the ringer in the entertainment industry over there. But I can't remember anyone else <laughs> having such a successful yeah. outcome. Like, Huna had her stuff happen, and then she was like, y'all act like you don't know who I am. I'll be all right. And, like, and then BAP historically got put through the ringer. So did mm-hmm. Block B. Um, but like this, like you, it, people have gotten kicked out and never able to get back on the same level right. for less. So it's mind blowing that this worked out so well for him. If there's anything that can be positively said about fandom and the behaviors of fandom, they did that. They made this happen for that man. For me, I'm I was kind of shocked. I mean, I agree that mom babies were. I mean, I saw it trending every day on Twitter, you know, for Wanho, and they stuck with him through thick and thin. I absolutely believe that they'll stick with him for his solo endeavors. So I was, you know, I'm not a huge Monstax fan, but, you know, I followed them and I mean, I was, I was 
surprised, but I'm glad that he's able to to continue his career. Mm. Um, as for me, I feel like, Ash, what you said is a very important thing to mention because I haven't really been that into Monza X since Rush. They're like Rush era, which is, I think, right when they debuted. And the fact that I saw them trending, at least on K-pop Twitter, like every day for, I don't know how many days it has to be over a month. Just show. Yeah. I was about to say like a hundred or just a crazy amount. That man definitely had like some sort of chance to come back. Like just even if it wasn't with Starship, which I feel like, a lot of people wanted him to rejoin Monsta X after he got pushed out or however you want to phrase it. Um, but I feel like that definitely wouldn't have happened in any situation, really. Like, it'll just be really, I feel like this would be a really awkward situation to like be like, oh, I was kicked out, but. <laughs> I'm good now, so I can be part of Mad Sex again, right? Like, no, that'd be weird, even though that's very wishful thinking. And obviously, I'm sure a lot of mom babies want their faves to be all together. Like, I just feel like that wasn't realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did want to also bring up is, if you've listened to our podcast before, um, my co-host Destiny likes to have this idea that every group has a Beyonce, Michelle and <laughs> Kelly and Michelle and and I mom babies might come after me for this one I never really I don't know I don't know too much about Montex now but like I didn't think he was a Beyonce you know like someone that like for sure if they go solo they're fine like yes Kelly and Michelle are also mm-hmm. doing great but like you're not doing Beyonce great sorry not sorry so <laughs> I mean as the mom baby in this chat um, <laughs> you know you know um show new and you know show new is my Beyonce of Monster X I do love Wanho. He's really nice. I did temporarily bias him for a while after meeting him, but um, I I don't really know. Like, in, like in Monster X, this is kind of like the group is like a group situation. So it's kind of like I see them as one. Not to sound like an army, but I see them as like a, a one thing. Like, yeah, I don't know if I can see them going solo, but I'm excited for Wanho solo. Like specifically, just for like, even, like not not to sound shallow, but for like for the photos. Like I'm looking forward to the pictures. I'm looking forward to the stages, the outfits, like, and whatever the music sounds yeah. like. We'll see. Yeah. No, I completely I completely feel you about seeing Monsta X as like a whole. Like they are like truly a cohesive unit. Like they were unbelievably well together and like it yeah thinking of solo i didn't really think i don't know what the other like you know positive sort of like you know i don't know end result of wanho's situation would have been alternatively to him going solo but i never would have guessed that that was the thing that would be picked as like you know the redemption like i i literally did not see that coming at all is there anybody else that has some closing thoughts we got to take care of each other. All of these podcasts and whatnot, there was an article that came out 
uh, on Billboard, and it gave a nod to some of our shows and just other aspects of of entertainment within the within the k-pop community it's not all mv reactions listeners we all have very diverse thoughts diverse opinions we got to take care of this this is another way to nurture interaction especially in a time when we need it more than ever so like please like listen to the shows that were represented on this episode show us some love tell your friends about it we need that because we need y'all mm-hmm. uh, i Really hope I get to meet all of you at KCON. Like, if we had a little Black K-pop podcast panel, that would be so tight. I don't know. 2022. <laughs> 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 Speaking into existence. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Uh, oh my goodness, yeah, but. I really I like I'm saying that and I'm being like so for real because I would love to meet y'all and I think kind of like what Ashley is saying like we need to support black creators because I feel like this is where there's definitely a good handful of us just because podcasts is somewhere is some a medium that doesn't really have a barrier to accessibility Whereas like with writing or sometimes even like reaction channels on YouTube, like only a few get like really big. Like I know there's this one channel like Courtney and somebody else, but podcasting is where like it's all it takes is for us to grab a mic and edit and post it out to the world, which makes it great for black people to kind of have a space. So um I love that all of you are doing that and I get to be part of this community with y'all. Um, and I'm also really grateful that all of you came on this podcast today because uh, this episode and another one will be kind of closing out our season. And yeah, thank you guys so much for being here. I cannot thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for organizing. We love that. And that's it for this episode of Fighting Words. You can find this podcast on all major podcasting listening platforms, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. If you're trying to find us, honestly, typing in on popular K-pop opinions is probably going to give you better results than Fighting Words because Fighting is in Korean. So if you don't know Hangul, just look up on popular K-pop opinions. We're also on social media on Instagram as Fighting. Pod and Twitter as Whiting Podcast. Our intro and outro is by Paper Dragon. The song is called Hold Up, and the producer is Astrology. You can find the song now on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. See you next time.